1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we start to wrap up this series based on Isaiah chapter 6 entitled, Called. Here am I, send me. If you're a believer, well, you are Called know you're calling, you have to listen to God. So you might want to listen to this message from Pastor Sean Azaro. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. Reallife.org has his full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. The name of this message is called The Answer. Pastor Sean is teaching from Isaiah 6 and 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
2: Remember it begins with Isaiah having this incredible vision of God high and lifted up. And he says the train of his robe fills the temple. And just the majesty of that. And he talks about he talks about these heavenly creatures that are around the throne they're called seraphim and this is the only place in the Bible we see them and they are worshiping God saying holy 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 is lord and it's so powerful it In this vision, it shakes the room. The entire foundation is shaken by the power of this worship. And so in the midst of all this, remember the prophet has a very distinct response. And I want to pick up there. This is beginning at verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 6. The prophet writes, And I said, Woe is me, for I'm lost. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I just pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would remove all distractions and that we would be able to hear you clearly. Help us to hear what you want to say. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to follow in obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to focus on that last part, the call and the response. The response is very simply, here I am, send me. Now before we get to that, Let's look at where we've come so far in this passage. The prophet began with this description, this simple little description, in the year that King Uzziah died, remember? And we saw that was an incredible time of turmoil and transition for God's people. Going from a time where more people were devout, they were actually attentive to the things of God, to where less were. And more and more people were walking away, more and more people were walking to the idols of the nations around them. And we learn this, we learn that the times may be changing, but the God who calls us isn't. And we saw that's really appropriate for us because we're living in some crazy times. And they cha- they're changing so rapidly. A lot of people in the church, the church in America, are losing their bearings. And there's so much division, so much strife. And I see people in the church kind of diving into that cesspool. And we've got to remember the times may be changing, but the God who has called us isn't. And we don't have to get wrapped up in all of that. We've got to keep our eyes on something bigger, something more lasting. Because honestly, that's what's real. That's what's eternal. We learned how I serve the Lord will always reflect how I see the Lord. And this vision of God high and exalted was significant for the prophet. Before God could issue the call, the prophet had to see God as he really is. And we, there's so many opinions, so many things swirling around about who God is. And we're so influenced by our culture and things. I, I think sometimes we need to just step back and remember He's high and he's exalted. And we need to see God as he is because how we serve him will always reflect how we see him, won't it? If we see God as kind of falling out of fashion, that's going to affect how we serve him. But if we see him as the king exalted, that changes everything. We learned before I can answer my call, I must address my need. The prophet in the presence of God, seeing his deep need, I'm lost says, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And remember, this is a prophet of God. If anybody should have had sanctified lips, it would be the prophet of God. He'd had five chapters of prophecy before we ever get to this point. And yet, in the presence of God, in the, the place of holiness, standing before the Almighty, his greatest attribute was nothing. He was lost. Another translation says, ruined in the presence of God. And, and there's that interesting idea that before I can ever answer my call, I have to address my need. And I love that there was the, the touch off the altar of God. This coal has touched your lips and it's removed your sin and your guilt is taken away. We saw that that was significant. We learned that calling isn't just an invitation to serve, but a declaration that I'm his. It's a declaration that I'm his, that coal was a coal off the altar of God. And it was the altar of sacrifice, the altar of atonement. And everything that went on the altar died. And we looked at that passage of our call to be living sacrifices. So this idea of calling isn't just an invitation to serve or kind of a, a heavenly HR department. But it really it is this declaration that I am his. And of course last week we saw that God's call is always rooted in God's heart for people. We saw that in the midst of all that was going on, God's heart was, Who will I send? Who will go for us? Well, who will I send where? Who, who, who will go where? His eyes were beyond that room, and they still are. God loves people. He loves you passionately. I don't care where you are, if you're listening to this on the radio or maybe you're watching online or whatever it is, you need to know God loves you passionately. But you're not the only one he loves. He doesn't just love the people in these rooms that are gathering around the city, around the nation, around the world, in these worship centers. He loves the people who aren't here yet. And his heart breaks for them. And he's passionate. Who will I send? Who will I go for us? God's call is always rooted in God's heart for people. And this week we get to see the prophet's response. Here I am, God, send me. If you've kind of heard that in other translations, the King James or maybe the New American Standard or others, you're you're familiar with maybe the more more traditional saying, "Here, here am I. Send me. I don't know how many times as I was reading the scripture I said that wrong. Well, I said it the way I learned it growing up. Here am I. Send me. But the translation we've been looking at and the way we would say it is, here I am, God. Send me. And it's interesting. His answer involved two really unique parts and distinct parts. First, there's the presentation. Here I am, God. I'm right here. You're looking. Well, I'm here, God. I present myself. And the second part is the invitation. There's the presentation, then there's the invitation. God, here I am, send me. God, I submit myself to this calling. I invite you to do what you're going to do. Send me. And Can you imagine if Isaiah had just stayed quiet? In that incredible time of worship, he's touched with the coal off the altar, his sins are forgiven, his guilt's taken away, and God says, who will I send, who will go for us? And if Isaiah had been like, ooh. God, I am so busy, this week is a mess, and next week's shot already, maybe I can get you mid-October, God. Can you, can you imagine? Or what if he'd just been afraid? What if what if he's just like, I, I, send where, God? Um, could I get, could I get the, the job description first and kind of look that over? Or what if he just thought, well, somebody else, there's, I'm not the only one who's kind of, He's saying this too, so so there's got to be somebody. Somebody else will step up. I'm too busy. This isn't a great time. I I don't really know all the the details, so so I'm sure somebody else will answer the call. See, if that would have happened, his story of calling would have ended right there. We wouldn't be reading about him. We wouldn't be talking about him. He wouldn't have been used by God to bring an important, powerful message to God's people. His story of calling would have ended. And that's what I want us to talk about. I want us to take a look at this idea of, of, well, if God's calling, how are we going to respond? Here's what I want you to take with you. Okay, This is our main point. Write this down. I want you to remember this. God is calling. What you hear will largely depend on how you answer. God is calling. What you hear will largely depend on how you answer. By the way, you notice there's no question mark there. I want to say to you, God is calling you. He is calling you as certain as he's called me, as he's called anyone in the scripture. He is calling. Look how the apostle Paul put it in Ephesians 4, chapter 1. Paul writes, and he's writing to the church in Ephesus, but we understand these letters were passed around for all the churches, and they have been handed down for us. He's writing to us. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The calling to which you have been called. You see, you don't have to sit and ask, well, I, don't, I wonder if God's called me. I don't know if God, I, I, there's a call on my life. No, no, the Apostle Paul assures you. There is a calling on your life. It may not be the same as the prophets. You go, well, Sean, I understand pastors. I understand missionaries. I understand certain leaders. Yeah, they've got a calling. What I'm telling you is every follower of Jesus Christ is a calling on our lives. We have God's hand on our life. We have God's spirit in our life. We are called. That's just the truth of Scripture. And so many people never hear from the Lord. And, you know, you always get into this conversation when we talk about calling. It's like, well, how do you hear? How do you know what God's saying? You know, I, I, I don't hear the voice of God. I want, I want to say to you, what you hear will always depend on how you answer. It's like a lot of us, when, when we kind of sense God might be saying something, it might be nudging us in our spirit or something. We put our fingers, our, our spiritual fingers in our ears and say, la, 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 la. I didn't hear anything, God. But I want to sing another worship song, God. Oh, let's, let's sing another worship song. God, you're so good. But the point is that's what we do and we kind of pretend we didn't hear him. Or, or, and, and, and then we wonder why we can't hear God's voice. See, God doesn't talk just to hear himself speak. How do we end up answering sometime? Well, not too different than the prophet. God will nudge, God will begin to call. An opportunity comes up and we sense that sense of maybe I should do something. But then it's like, well, God, when I'm a little less busy. Right now, it's crazy, God. Yeah, my time. You know how my time is. Okay, 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 God, I can help out on Thursdays. Okay, I Well, not not every Thursday because we got soccer every Thursday. Yeah. Okay, I can help out every other Thursday, God, and I'm I'm pretty solid on that. Pretty solid on that. No, not kids, God. I can't do kids. Oh, no, I cannot do kids, God. No, 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 no. No, God, no, God. Let me tell you something. You saying no, God? Um, I think you need to look up the word God because maybe you don't know what that means.
1: And we want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called The Answer, in the series entitled, called, Here Am I, Send Me, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And if you've been blessed by the series on Isaiah 6 and can do something great for others, your financial gift helps this radio ministry encourage others. Again, find the Give tab at reallife.org.
2: God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now back to the message, The Answer. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: Jesus had to deal with this. Remember in Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 57, we're told he was going along the road and someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, you should follow me, but... Be aware, be aware. There's a cost. That was a bit of a that was a bit of a, a caution. Don't take this step lightly. Luke goes on and tells us. To another, Jesus said, "Follow me," but the man said, "Lord, let me go first, bury my father." And Jesus said to him, "Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God." And you're like, "Wow, Jesus is hardcore. Jesus, that's a little harsh." Understand something? Um, it's unlikely the man's Dad was dead on the road, okay? What he's saying is, wait till my father's passed away, and then I can take care of all those responsibilities, and then I'll be freer. This isn't a good time, Lord. And he's like, Jesus saying, yeah, no. And then he goes on and says, yet another said, well, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus isn't saying he didn't want you to say goodbye to family, he didn't value family, he's not saying that at all. He's saying these are excuses that we use. And he's saying, no one who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. He's serious. This issue of calling is a serious thing. And how we answer makes all the difference. God is calling. What you hear will largely depend on how you answer. In fact, the Bible gives us a, a virtual seminar on, on how to answer. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you have your Bible, flip over there real quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to pick up right at the beginning. Remember the story of Samuel? His mother brought him to the temple to dedicate him, and she offered him. He was, a, he was miraculously born. She couldn't have children. She did, and she offered this child, and so he went to the temple and served the priest Eli. So the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, people weren't listening, and so God wasn't speaking. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, well, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lied down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up, went out to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. We understand Samuel is going to become the great you know, prophet of God in this time, and he was going to become the the voice of God to God's people, the spokesperson of God. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. I don't even know. Can you imagine? The presence of the Lord was in that place, calling as the other time. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. God proceeds to speak to the boy about what he's going to do including his judgment on Eli's family, and even on Eli himself for lack of leadership in his family. Pretty tough first assignment for a young boy. But the response was the key. Speak, for your servant is listening. Notice, it's in reverse order. First is the invitation, speak, God. And then the presentation, your servant is listening. But you flip that around, here I am, send me. Presentation, invitation, here I am, God. Send me. That's how we respond. Now, some implications of that presentation. Let's take a look at them. Uh, number one, when we, when we present ourselves, we say, here I am, God, warts and all. <laughs> here I am. You're like, really? We have to say that to God? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> here I am, warts and all. In other words, and the, and the prophet did this. Isaiah did this. God, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Don't try to kind of posture in the presence of the Lord. See, God receives us exactly as we are. He didn't leave us that way, but he receives us as we are. Look, look how the Apostle Paul wrote this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. He said, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, stop trying to hide who you are. Stop trying to pretend. You know, one of the worst things we can do is start believing our own press. You know, we become followers of Jesus. We start to follow a little bit. We start to hang around with some folks who love God. And we start to clean some things up in our lives. And, you know, we can kind of believe our own press. And we forget that when he says, such were some of you, it, that's because he only had a partial list there. He didn't have time to list all the sins. But we need to understand, every single one of us were lost, broken sinners apart from Jesus and we need to remember that without him we are lost we need to understand and this whole thing in the world out there there's no there's no us and them you know there's just us we don't get to look at the world and say you guys man you've got it messed up and I can't believe how vile you are I can't believe that sexually impure you are I can't believe all the stuff that you all the baggage you're carrying and sit in judgment because folks it's not us and them it's just us because they are just like us without Jesus. And we need to remember that. I mean, it takes this burden of trying to be perfect off of us, this burden of trying to pretend we don't have stuff that we carry around and that we're being saved from and healed of. Stop pretending. And you're like, well, we don't, we're not pretending. You know, we get all dressed up on Sunday. Well, okay, other churches get all dressed up on Sunday. You people, I don't know. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying. I mean, we kind of get cleaned up. And we, we can really pretend even here at River City. It's possible. And, and if, you don't, if you don't think so, have you ever been in the car on the drive to church? And you're screaming at the kids, I'm going to come back now. I'm going to beat. Fighting with your wife. Kind of whole thing. And then you get to the church parking lot. And you get in and you're still fuming. I'm telling you guys, you better act like Christians, you little hellions. And then immediately you get there, you close the car, you see somebody go, Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed, I'm doing good. You're southern instantly. I don't know what happens. Instantly, it's like you're from Louisiana or something. Look, I'm folksy now. It's like you put on this thing and we pretend. Five minutes ago we were kind of wrestling with real stuff and now we're going to kind of cover it all up. And I'm not saying you should come here and dump all our stuff on each other, but we better understand we've got it, right? And there better be places and times where we are honest and open and transparent with one another and go, I really do struggle with this. My temper is an issue, my thought life or purity is an issue. Sometimes self-righteousness, sometimes judgment, sometimes gossip, whatever it is. And, and because here's the thing, it is those things that we confess where we receive healing. Remember? The prophet said, I'm a man of unclean lips. You remember where the coal touched? He touched his lips because it was the area of his confession. I think if he would have said, I'm a man of unclean hands, he would have touched his hands. I'm a man with an unclean mind. He would have touched his mind. He was healed in the area of his confession, and I still think that's true. I think of those areas where we're honest and say, you know what? I need the Lord's touch. I need the Lord's strength. I need to be set free in this area. I think those are the areas where we begin to see liberty. We begin to see healing and transformation. Stop trying to hide who you are. When I say before God, here I am, it's warts and all. And and another thing, stop using your sin or or your sinfulness in the past or your failings to disqualify you. Stop disqualifying yourself based on your sins and your failures because God doesn't. A.W. Tozer said this, he said, what a gracious thing for us that Jesus Christ never thinks about what we have been. He always thinks about what we are going to be the Savior, who is our Lord, cares absolutely nothing about your moral case history. He forgives it and starts from there as though you've been born one minute before. Isn't that fascinating? And what's interesting is he goes on to point out how unusual it was that the Lord revealed so much of himself to the Samaritan woman at the well. You remember that story? This woman had kind of a checkered moral past. In a very religious society, she'd been married and divorced like five times. And she was now living with a guy who she wasn't married to, which just was taboo. You just didn't do it. And Jesus just points that out. And and Tozer kind of just goes, why would the Lord reveal so much of himself when he didn't do this to everybody? A lot of people, he wanted them to discover. To her, he just lays it out there. And I think what it is, is he saw beyond her sin to her potential. He told her who she was. She, you remember what happens? The disciples come back. She runs into town, leaves her water jar. there at the wall. She goes, starts telling everybody, come and see this man who told me everything. Could this be the Messiah? And literally they all come out. This woman had a gift of evangelism. She had something in her that was contagious. The spark, what God was doing in her was contagious. And Jesus knew that and he saw it. Like, but weren't there more, more worthy people? Yeah, you know... Not so much. When it comes to, remember the comparison thing we did on the presence of God and the holiness? Yeah, really, none of us are worthy. It didn't work that way. He, he saw beyond her sin to her potential. Uh, let me just say to you if you're walking in sin and it's crushing you, which, it, which it always does, it always kills. It's like cancer. Um, let Him touch you with the coal off the altar. Let Him forgive you. Let Him set you free. Repent. Turn to Him. Let Him set you free.
1: That is Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in this series that's called Called, Here Am I, Send Me. It's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. But, of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. The service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sunday mornings at 9.30, and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a ministry of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.